Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Our weekly podcast focuses on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement, and we are continuing in our series of podcasts highlighting the ministries of DCC alumni, a a series that we have titled, Where Are They Now? And joining us today to share about the experience of finding her calling is Dallas Christian College's registrar, Mrs. Crystal Latiger. Crystal, it's good to have you. Thank you. Crystal has the distinction of having graduated twice from Dallas Christian College. You're going to hear more about that here in a minute, but she first graduated in 1982 when she received her associate's degree, and then in 1996 when she completed her customized degree of ministry and leadership and music ministry. And for those of you who are wrestling with the idea of calling versus your profession, I think today's podcast is going to be very useful for you and very beneficial. So facilitating today's discussion is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, also a Dallas Christian College graduate, Mr. Mark Worley. Yes, I am. (laughs) And a proud one, too. And a proud one. So, Mark, (laughs) I'm going to turn it over to you so we can get this discussion going with Crystal Latiger. Yeah, thanks, Scott. You know, when you were saying, where are they now? Uh, It's not hard to find Crystal because she's right here. It it is not. We really appreciate her being here. In fact, Crystal recently, uh, in fact, Tuesday night, I was talking to a, uh, a new student who had been out of college for a long, long, long time, and he was singing Crystal's praises. He says, I didn't know Crystal Latiger, but man, she has really made this so smooth and done a great job. That's awesome. So yeah, and Crystal, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. You've been around DCC uh, for a long time, in fact, as a, a small child, because her dad was one of my professors back in the day. Uh, Lee Weiniger, Dr. Lee Weiniger, an uh, interesting guy. In fact, we have a Lee Weiniger Award uh, for Honors Chapel, so pretty cool. And, and you know, Crystal, recently I was uh, I was reading in Second uh, Peter, and and when you're talking about calling, uh, I even taught about that at uh, Mordecai Men. Uh, Wednesday morning uh, Bible study. Shout out to my brothers there. Yep. And uh, we were talking about calling Mm -hmm. because Peter says to make your calling and election sure. Um, And we were talking about how each one of us receives a calling. And so I shared a little bit about my story, but you know, I I just think it's interesting to think about that concept of a calling. Yes. I, think that uh, for many people of our generation, that we grew up with the idea that if you had a calling, it was a specific uh, voice of God or experience with God that said, you must become a preacher or, you know, some other professional role in ministry. We associated calling very specifically with ministry and profession of ministry. You know, we do the same thing with Matthew 9. You know, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers in the harvest field. And we think, oh, that's that's missionaries, that's ministry. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a different type of ministry. It is workers, it is ministry, but it's not like a necessarily a preaching ministry. Dr. Halen uh, was uh, very emphatic about that in a faculty staff meeting one time, that we're preparing workers 
for the harvest field. So tell us a little bit more about this idea of calling. Well, you know, having been to Dallas Christian College as a student twice, early on, uh, I very specifically thought I'm going to become a music minister. But, you know, back in the 80s, you didn't see very many women in the field of music ministry. And, uh, you know, I happened to meet another uh, Dallas Christian College alum, Gary Ladiker, uh, and he was going into ministry. And so by default, as often happened for women of that generation, I became the preacher's wife. And I think what happens often for people of all generations, even now, men and women, is we immediately associate whatever our role is, uh, be it job, be it wife, be it mother, as, uh, you know, if it's not exactly what we thought our calling was, all of a sudden we think we have failed, Mm -hmm. that we have not fulfilled our calling. And so I found that I had to... uh, Uh, reassess early on what my calling was but I really struggled with that what is my calling is it wife is it mother is it you know at the time with an associate's degree I went into various professions Uh, for a while uh, I was a newspaper reporter is that my calling to be a newspaper reporter how does that fulfill God's call on my life if my job is my calling and so I really struggled for a long time. Uh, and then I found myself, of course, years later, uh, in need of finishing a bachelor's degree. I came back to Dallas Christian College because I knew the quality of education here. I knew that uh, the biblical literacy that I still craved uh, to live out in my life was going to be the foundation of that degree. And so I ended up coming back when Dallas Christian College opened the door for non-traditional students. And that was exactly what I was at the time, where I was ready to come and finish. But I was still struggling with that idea of calling. As, uh, you know, personal crisis hit in my own life, Uh, I rapidly found even, uh, you know, into my 30s, I found that I was having to reassess once again, what is my calling? I was thinking, oh, I might go into education. I was still thinking profession. I was still stuck in that mode of profession. And so I had to rethink uh, again, what is my calling? Uh, it was toward the end of my degree that I was offered the opportunity to work here. And I was thrilled because the ministry of Dallas Christian College is definitely at the heart of what I felt like God would want me to do. And so I was excited about that, and yet I still struggled with this role. What is calling? Uh, what is my calling? Because I still felt this tug toward music ministry especially. Uh, and I was doing that uh, in the local church I was leading. I wasn't the paid pastor, but uh, I was working in music ministry, uh, heavily involved. And uh, once again, you know, as the college started looking at our mission statement, and we started examining specifically, honing in on that word calling, I found myself really delving into what is my calling. And for the first time, I realized it had to be something separate from my profession because it can't be tied to what I'm doing for a paycheck. 
it's tied to what God wants me to do and fulfill, regardless of where that paycheck comes from. Mm, Yeah, that really is good, Scott, because, you know, when you take a look at at the, the prophets, uh, that was not their their paid gig. I mean, they were shepherds. They were uh, princes. They were in in other areas, and uh, that, that's just so deep. It really is. I mean, you know, to Crystal, to to think through that and work through that, and that's what we were talking about this last Wednesday morning. Uh, what I was telling you is when we hit that in Second Peter one, it's like make your calling. An election, sure. So I think for me, part of the uh, journey of uh, finding my calling, I found myself really going back to basics. I I would say uh, Psalm 139, examining uh, who I am created to be. Uh, And and it just eventually led me right back to Ephesians 2.10. And, you know, that idea that we are God's workmanship, which is not my favorite translation of that word, because that word, the Greek term poema, is God's poetry. You know, God's work of art, God's handiwork is, is a better translation. Uh, I like the, the translation masterpiece. And very few people think of themselves as really being, you know, God's work of art. We see ourselves as flawed and maybe not worthy of the calling that Second uh, Thessalonians talks about, that we don't see ourselves as worthy. And yet Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's work of art, his poema, his masterpiece, his handiwork uh, created to do good works. And so, you know, it's interesting because I really started searching out uh, works, uh, which is often, you know, translated good deeds. And I think about Jesus's response in John, where, uh, you know, he tells uh, the people that are asking him, well, what, what good works should we be doing? Yeah. You know, and he his response. In fact, I'm going to turn to it, John, because uh, I have the good old fashioned word of God here in front of me. <laughs> okay, but John six, he in, says in paper form. In paper form, yeah. Uh, I mean, I love technology, but I love having the word of God in my hands. I will say that. But he says, uh, John six, he says, the work of God is this: to believe in the one He has sent. And so that seems almost too simple, you know. And so, you know, while so many people are looking for an answer, what am I supposed to do? What is the will of God? Well, the will of God, you know, he wants us to believe in him and be open to his leading. I will just put it that way. Uh, So as I wrestled through this whole idea of calling I had to come back to God made me, uh, equipped me uh, with, uh, you know, a certain way in order that he could use me. Uh, And so, uh, you know, sometimes that looks like music, but, you know, when you have an ailment, which I have chronic bronchitis that affects the voice, does that mean I lost my calling? I can no longer sing. I've had to really wrestle through that. Uh, again and again and I know I'm not the only one who wrestles with that and that's when I realized I really have to get to the basic 
what is my calling regardless of my ability, talent, uh, you know, uh, phase of life and profession. Um, and so one of the things that I decided I had to articulate was, in fact, we were asked as faculty and staff to all articulate our calling. And that really forced me to, to relook at what my calling was. Hmm. And, and for the first time, separated out from profession. You know, I think that's I think that's so interesting. One of the things that always amazed me about uh, Scott, your your time in Russia, is y- your gifting is mm-hmm. leading worship and music. And then he, I remember you told me for nine years you just didn't do it. Oh yeah. And I was like, what? I mean, that's your calling. That's who you are. That's your, you know, and it, it was like, nope, I didn't do that. That was a real formative uh, period in my life that I realized that, uh, yeah, my, my gifting, my skill set w- was different than really what my spiritual gift was. And, and I discovered in 1994 to 2003 that my, one of my strongest gifts was teaching. And I was teaching English, <laughs> which had nothing to do with music, and uh, was using that gift as well as uh, teaching Bible to fulfill the calling of going to another country, which, you know, you were part of that original experience in 93. Yeah. That was the furthest thing from Scott's world in 92, 93, and 94, and yet it was about as clear an Isaiah 6 experience <laughs> as I've ever had of Here's what I've created you to do. Here is your calling. And, yeah, music can be a part of that, but being up leading on a stage at a CIY conference, to me, was the pinnacle. But that was, that well, was not even the, you know, the, the beginning of what God had planned for Yeah, me. and as I was saying before, uh, Crystal, that's just uh, that's so powerfully deep, but it's so simple. You know, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, Paul says, I pray that we continually... Uh, uh, praise God for your work produced by faith. Mm-hmm. And the work there is just a natural response to the faith that you have. And so, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about identity as well. And one of the things that we do here at DCC, I'm really pleased about is helping them to find their identity. And so, you know, if they identify as a basketball player, what do they do? They play basketball. If they identify as a, a baseball player, they play baseball. That's, that's just a natural thing. But if we identify as a Christian, I love that passage that you just shared in John 6. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I do whatever God, as a Christian, I do whatever God asked me to do. Yep. Right. And that's my calling. Right, right. When that student has an injury and they lose that sport, yep. you know, uh, you, you ask them, okay, but what is next? You know, and they still think of profession, but when you couch it in terms of calling, that opens up a whole new world of opportunities. Mm, yeah. It could be anything, really, that God leads them to go into. Now, you know, and if you think about that, it changes the way you read, for example, the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, do everything as unto Christ. Right. The tent maker. Yeah. We have to remember he had a profession he beyond did. his ministry, and yet that wasn't his calling. That was yeah. a profession, but it wasn't his calling. Yeah, I just love that because this helps me uh, this next week to give an answer to the guys. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, okay, what are we talking about calling? Is it, is it ministry? Is it, it, no, it, it is ministry, but it's, 
it's kind of like uh, the old illustration of the cobbler. You know, when he was asked, what do you do? He says, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. And the guy says, no, 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 no. What do you do? And he says, I'm a Christian. He says, no, really, what do you do? <clears throat> I mean, to make a living. And he says, oh, I'm a cobbler. I, I, I'm a Christian, but I do cobbling on the side, you know, <laughs> shoemaking on the side. Right. Now, you, you've led a lot of mentoring groups. I have. So, and I know we've got people out there listening today who are saying, okay, I may be 25, 30, 35, even 40 years old, and I'm still trying to figure out. What am I going to do when I grow up? So, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's a unique challenge for 18, 19, 20-year-olds. And I I think a lot of times they they are maybe more open to uh, input and that simply because they're younger. But but what what would you say to the listener that's, you know, for lack of a better word, I always call it going through a midlife crisis because they've been living their life, pursuing the things that the world tells you that this is what we need to do. I need to obviously care for my family and get a good job and make a good living. But if I'm still unfulfilled, what's what's your advice there? I would say, uh, you know, the first thing is force yourself to articulate your calling. Uh, that was very difficult for me. And I must admit, I might not have made myself sit down and really wrestle through and write something down if it hadn't been a task given here at Dallas Christian College. Mm. But, uh, you know, I would say make that uh, something that you arrange with an accountability partner to make yourself uh, wrestle with the word and articulate your calling. And you don't be afraid to to let the word of God lead that. Uh, it was interesting because I, once I got done articulating my calling, so to speak, I was in some ways disappointed with myself. I thought, well, this this just sounds like, you know, a rote Christian calling. This is what I came up with, all right? My calling is to proclaim truth, to equip others to be a disciple, and to disciple others. Now, I did have to break that down. Uh, obviously, if you're a believer in Jesus, you can't help but miss uh, the, the great uh, you know, commission from Matthew 28, that we're to go and make disciples. That, definitely, that scripture definitely weighed heavily in my mind as I was articulating this. But I was, like I said, I was in the beginning stages of wrestling uh, you know, with uh, chronic bronchitis. And so part of me really wanted to put that my, you know, calling is to lead music. But I realized I might not be able to do that. Mm. And so how could that be my calling? Uh, You know, and so I kind of broke down into subcategories what this calling means. So when I say my calling is to proclaim truth, uh, I have in parentheses underneath that, that through words, song, walking in truth. Proclaiming uh, the truth is not necessarily just uh, speaking or, or, you know, it's how you live as well. But it can be speaking, it can be singing, etc. Uh, and then the second part of that was to equip others. There, that's where I put in teaching God's word and mentoring others to live out a godly life. Uh, that is something I do, whether I'm at Dallas Christian College or I'm at home uh, with my family or I'm in the church setting working with others. 
that's a, an area where I can help equip. And then to be a disciple and disciple others. I'm a follower of Jesus just like you are. I'm going to continue to follow him and disciple others. And so uh, once I really fleshed that out, I realized this is not just a simple pat answer. This is something that God wants me to be thinking about regardless of the role he puts me in, be it registrar, wife, mother, uh, church leader, etc. Whatever my profession may be, if it ever changes, this is a calling that can be lived out. Yeah, I remember when my oldest son, Kyle, you know, he, he was thinking, man, football and all that stuff. And then just as you said, he got injured mm-hmm. and it was over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And he says, yeah, I'm fine. It doesn't change who I am and wow. what I'm called to do. Yeah. Right. Man, what, you know, what a it's powerful amazing thing. he had that insight at such a young age. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Well, and, it, and it's amazing that you would think through that and work through that, Crystal. And, and not only that, but you've, you've written it down. You've got it here on a, on a paper. And uh, not only that, but you... You know, you've articulated it and you've shared it and you've really been able to help, I think, people who are listening. Uh, Man, you've just solidified some things in my head. You know, I just remember years ago uh, when I was a student here at DCC and man, God just broke me down. And I just said, look, all I want to do is love God and love people. And that's been my calling ever since. That is. There it is. And that doesn't matter. You know, it's like, well, man, you've called, be called, been called to be this great preacher. Well, you know, uh, it's kind of like I was telling an alum uh, not too long ago. Man, they were like, what was it like to preach at CIYs and all that stuff? And I was like, well, my season is over maybe in that regard, but I'm just going to keep moving wherever God wants me to love him and love right. others. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so finding, articulating that, that calling, that personal mission statement, however we say that, Mm-hmm. It's so good. And mentoring others along that way so they're not just walking around in a fog and in the dark. Yep. Right. Thanks, Crystal, for uh, shedding some light. Yes. Well, well and that's excellent. And speaking of mission statements, and we actually uh, talked about this a couple of days ago before uh, this podcast, um, it's interesting, the evolution of the Dallas Christian College mission statement. Yes. And I just remember... Uh, about 20 years ago, when I first came back from overseas, the mission statement was educating for leadership, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that, but right. that was our right. mission statement. And then you go back to the, the original SEAL, and Vernon Newland's vision for Dallas Christian College was to preach the word. It was the idea of, you know, we, we need more preachers and we need to establish more churches uh, to do that uh, under President Rubeck's uh, time here we the the mission statement uh moved into educating and mentoring students to be people of influence under god's influence for a life of influence which again is nothing wrong with that it was a it was a great mission statement but um you know in recent years it has now become more specific and now this is the first time that i know of 
that our mission statement has included calling. Mm -hmm. And I think it's significant, and especially in in the 21st century, I think it's important. Dallas Christian College educates and mentors students to be people of influence, engaging Engaging in their their calling calling. to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. And so, again, thank you for, for sharing today, Crystal. And if you're interested in learning more about finding your calling and earning a degree, or maybe two, here at Dallas Christian College, uh, you can check us out at www.dallas.edu. As always, we're grateful that you've uh, taken some time out of your day to join and listen to us on the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Pray that you have a great day. Take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.